0: Welcome
1: to the Give Back Economy, a podcast about social innovation and social enterprise. Now with your host, Peter Miller. And we're going to South Africa and I'm going to let you introduce your name and your organization.
0: I'm Erna van der Westhuizen from from South Africa, and I work with uh, the Shonokup Social Enterprise.
1: Okay, so let's talk about your education first. Where did you go to school?
0: So I um, actually started in a my schooling in a very small town in the Western Cape Province in South Africa. Um, And I ventured eventually in sort of sociology um, background, did my master's in psychology. And at the moment, I'm busy with my PhD in understanding if the parent network we started and um, a tool that we started um, can be used to monitor the implementation of policy in South Africa by parents um, of children with disabilities. So... Yes, that's that's my education, my background.
1: Okay, what about your work background? Where did you start working and what led you to your current job?
0: Yeah. So, um I've always worked in in social uh, justice, the social justice field. I started um very small working with farm workers in South Africa and I ventured into sort of Organization that's um, intermediary funder with working with what's what's been called local development agencies. Um, so they work around access to justice in small rural communities across South Africa. Um, different topics: some would be food security, some would be um, gender equality, etc. But it's all around human rights um, and justice. Um, And that led me to the social enterprise about seven years ago, very specifically because um, the social enterprise mission is inclusion from a a human rights perspective. So it kind of made sense for me to continue my journey in, in this work, this line of work.
1: Excellent. Okay. So the name of the organization, did you come up with the name or did someone else...
0: No, so so our founder um came up with her name. Her name is actually Shona. So um Shona from Shona Quip. So um Shona's daughter was born, she's actually as old as I am. We are exactly the same um, age. And she was born with um quite severe cerebral palsy and uh, actually multiple disabilities. Um and in South Africa at that stage um they actually told Shona to put her in a home and forget about her and just have another baby. And she was determined to um, actually change that story. So she built um, a a mobile device for Shelly, her name is Shelly, in their garage. And all of the tools and the things that she's been using was lying everywhere. And the other children would joke with her, saying, can you just take your equipment out of the way? And it turned into what's now called Shona um, And the social enterprise is just referring to our model. So it was actually really born from um, a lived experience of a family uh, living with a child with a disability. So all credit to the founder.
1: Okay. So explain s- some of the programs that Shona Quip has to
0: offer. Hmm. So... Um, We really work with a concept that's called, um, we work towards a well-functioning ecosystem. And really what we we mean by that is that we believe that inclusion is possible when these four parts are sort of working together. The one component um, is what we, through which we address um, awareness raising and stigma around disability. So we talk specifically about What is the social model of disability? How do we deal with our preconceived ideas about disability? Um, And then the second program and sort of our second pillar to that well-functioning ecosystem is the, sorry, it's my dog. It's the provision of assistive technology. So um, technology for sitting, standing, lying Um, and then we also do lots of training with therapists so how do you order a device um, a device that's appropriate that can be used in a rugged area like South Africa then our third offering in this well-functioning ecosystem is for um, inclusive education so we train therapists and parents and teachers on how do you um, adapt a program so it's inclusive and can can include all children and then a fourth part of that um, well functioning ecosystem and the programs we do is we um, work with parents to and we really start the movement of parents uh, of children with disabilities to make sure that um, we get we get like a group of parents who really understand the potential of the children. How can they be part of that shifting the narrative around disability and that they actually request more and more services. So we offer different programs and um, projects, but all with a mission of building inclusive and well-functioning ecosystems by changing those four core um, components.
1: Okay, talk about the importance of partnerships.
0: Mm. Um, somebody actually asked me the question today in a in a different um, in a different sort of conversation, and the work. The, uh, the, the, the geographical areas, but also the, the, the places where our work works best. It's actually where we've, we partner with um, a variety of people together. So for instance, um, the one is where we can find a partnership between government, private and civil society, um, because it creates like a triangle of um, accountability, but also sustainability. So w- nothing really that we do is without partnerships. That might be a partnership with a global partner, a community partner, government, but there's always in partnership with someone. Um, I think the best way maybe to explain that is that we, we don't go where we have not been invited. So that invitation comes through, through partnership almost always.
1: One of the uh, challenges that we've noticed With both government and business is they may have a policy Mm. but it may not have been updated and quite often there's nobody responsible for monitoring or making sure that happens. What about in South Africa
0: is it similar? Yeah I mean it's very similar we have um, really fantastic um, constitution we've got loads of policies, but we do struggle immensely with monitoring the implementation of of those policies. Um, So a lot of the work we do in terms of uh, assistive technology is actually um, building waiting lists. And so what that means is we we try and, in a specific geographical area, locally or nationally, um, build the waiting lists. So in other words, we can communicate to government these are the the actual need. In other words, delivering on the policy means that for the following children, you actually need to um, seat, for instance. But one of the very active uh, work that we are doing in terms of that to make sure that you know that we keep government accountable um, and monitor the implementation of the policy is through um, a tool that we designed called the Leadstock Stock Parents Tool. Um, and The tool is based on uh, analysis of the pillars of the White Paper on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities in South Africa, as well as the Convention on the Rights of Persons with Disabilities. Um, and we designed it in a very, very um, a, a simple user-friendly format. So it's on an app um, where any parent or any person in South Africa can... Um, you know, pick up their phones, open up the app, and then look through the different um, sort of sections in policy that should be in place. So, for instance, let's say, for instance, parent A um, struggle to get their children in a school. They can just open up the app and look for the issue that's, in other words, a barrier for them to be, you know, in an inclusive environment or an inclusive school. And they can monitor the implementation of that policy at that moment. Um, we've really been been working on that in the last two years to get that going to such an extent that we've actually been able to report back to our government on um the barriers that parents um and persons with disabilities has been uh, or have been identified um and to be able to show them exactly where there's a gap in in terms of policy but then also its delivery. um so that's been been a really significant piece of work that we've been been investing time in in the last, I would say, two years.
1: We have a group here that will go into a school and into Mm -hmm. a classroom where there's a child with a disability in order to help integrate them into the classroom Mm. because many young children get bullied and so by this small group of three, four people going in mm. to explain to the children that they must accept this person mm. and integrate them into the classroom. And yeah. the, te- the teacher appreciates that kind of help.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we we see it... Um really firmly like situated within in our beliefs about disability and our beliefs about what children are really capable of Um, because we often look look at them through our own um, lenses and not not really through what's possible for them i think it's because we've been so taught that we must look and behave in a certain way to be able to be integrated um so, and, and I mean, I see it so often that for children, inclusion is actually second nature. They do it um, without really even thinking about that because they don't see all of the, the barriers that we as adults are being, being taught to see <laughs> to some extent. So I hear you.
1: Okay, let's talk about adults. Is getting a job a problem for a person with a disability?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, our, uh, our unemployment rate to start with is shocking. Um, I, I, I can't remember the, the correct um, percentage now, but it's something like 60% of people are unemployed in any case. So if you add the barriers that, that persons with disabilities face in South Africa on that on top of that, um, you can imagine how, how hard it must be for a person with a disability to, to access a job um and what's unfortunate um with that and sort of the movements in south africa for learnerships and internships um is the the lack of understanding that to get to adulthood to be able to to step into a, a job and to be able to like you know to integrate socially etc it starts at at early uh, at a very early age so it's almost like we need to go back to advocate for, you know, from the very early age. It's 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 almost like this bizarre thought that if you want me to be an adult in a job, um, you know, doing doing what I need to do, you can't just throw me in there right now. You know, if I had to to have like support from a from a young age to be able to read and write and interact socially, etc., and develop my own interest and so on so um unfortunately it's also that that that's making it so difficult or or people accessing devices so late that um the impairments are really a challenge so i, I don't have the official stats in front of me but um our unemployment is really high at the moment and um just adding the i almost want to say the day-to-day barriers um of a, that a person with a disability faces, transport, um, support from a carer, all of those kinds of things. And you can imagine how how tough that is at the moment. Um, that's also the work we do, um, advocacy work we do for um the employment of parents, um, so that we can raise the awareness that disability don't just affect the person with a disability, but also their the, the people around them, right? So it's not just about about the individual sort of view, but the family view. And how do we create systems and, um, and spaces where parents can work in a way that's possible for them, still caring um, for their, their children or adult children or whoever might be in their care?
1: Well, a couple of interesting stats in terms of Canada. Twenty-two percent of our population have a disability. I have mm-hmm. a couple of them. Uh, when you add in parents and friends, that number goes to fifty-four percent.
0: see. Yeah. So,
1: what makes that interesting? If we could just mobilize that whole group, that would make a huge exactly. difference. Another yeah. stat that's kind of interesting: a little company called Amazon. of their employees have a disability, but only 3.7% admit they have a disability. They're afraid of being fired or not being treated equally. So those are some interesting stats.
0: Yeah. It's interesting that that conversation, um, especially like in a post-COVID, if there's something like that world, Um, It's really a a big conversation at the moment with with highlight on mental health um, and how the conversation about so-called unseen disabilities are really at the fore at the moment. Um, And how do we actually go about those disabilities that's not physical and that people automatically imagine that that person must have a disability. Um, So that conversation is very it's very high it's you know it's going on in south africa but i mean globally really it's not just south africa at the moment
1: okay so let's talk about the organization you've been there for a little mm. bit where do you see the organization 3 years from today
0: yeah interesting eh um we just moved into um, a bigger building we've we've made the decision um, strategically to actually grow out of the post-covid world so all of the challenges that we faced so um we are we are dreaming of exporting our devices we we do have our fda certificates and our iso 34 four, three, 485 the only um uh, company in, in africa actually with those kinds of certifications so we dream about exporting um, for the purpose, really, to be able to invest back in South Africa, to make sure that we can cross, um, that we can basically subsidize the the big deficit in our own system. So that's a big dream of ours. We also dream about building a really strong team that's healthy and good cared for. You know, being <laughs> being paid, uh, you know, the salaries that they deserve. So we. We have internal dreams in that way. We are definitely dreaming of owning our own building um, and more more than anything, importantly more than anything else, to be able to make sure that more kids get devices um, more and more as we, we discover more and more people with children with disabilities really, but also adults with disabilities. So we dream about our own resources. We dream about making making use of our our certificates, to be able to reinvest back into our country and the continent, really, um, but ultimately really to have a bigger impact. That's why we are here and why we remain being here and, and hopeful.
1: Are you in one state only, or do you cover the country, or how do you, how yeah. do you
0: apply it? So we have, um, we have three offices with, with the biggest... um the production line, really, in, in Cape Town. Then we have a um, a satellite office in, in Garteng, so that's one of our provinces with a few therapists. And then we have a smaller hub in the Northern Cape. But we work nationally, so we work in all nine provinces. We also work in Mozambique, Swaziland, Lesotho, Namibia, Botswana, Uganda. Um, and then we export... Um, Georgia and um, the International Red Cross Iraq and Iran now and then not often but we do um, and then we have a registered entity in the UK and in um, USA um, for to support us with fundraising but it's really there's no staff it's just there to assist us with fundraising Excellent but all in all we are about um about 80 staff members um that we we employ um, of which a good bulk um, of our colleagues are persons with disabilities
1: how many volunteers do you have
0: at the moment we um about 5 of them at the moment but uh, all young south africans um sort of in programs to get them some experience. So it's all young, young, young South Africans that's sort of in their first job doing doing a few things here and there. Um, yeah, but we don't have volunteers from, from outside of South Africa at the moment.
1: See, we have uh, 15 universities that wow. have a disability program included. Sure, their- that's amazing so, so I, w- I would think there'd be a lot, see, I'm a former professor as well, but uh, I would think a lot of universities and colleges mm. would be very happy to have their students volunteer with you. So yeah, there's, there's maybe
0: a, in the future.
1: There's an avenue <laughs> you could explore.
0: Maybe uh...
1: Okay, so last but not least, the website, where do people get more mm-hmm. information about Shonaquip?
0: Yes, they can go um, on our website, um or on Facebook, Instagram um, and Twitter, I think. So shonaquipse.org.za
1: Okay, well thank yeah. you very much for staying up late tonight. And, uh, <laughs> I appreciate your Rose. time.
0: No, thank you, Peter.